what is up ladies and gentlemen this is voices of the black and gold i am nick and yes this is a different background from what i'm used to i have moved so you might see some of my lovely friend koi fish come up we're going to give them all the lafc names trust me they're all awesome by the end of the show a uh, few weeks down the road i will have them do some tricks for you mark my word anyways we're going to get to it man this is what's up if you haven't uh, if you're the first time you're following us please hit that like and subscribe button uh, we talk everything LAFC, and we are here to have a good time today. Uh, best news ever is that LAFC already made the playoffs. We actually are there. We did it without even having to win. This is where we are with LAFC. Now, we did go to San Jose and did not play the way that we wanted to play. Didn't show up, and we had a crazy rotated lineup. Uh, but, you know, we're going to get into all that. Eric Celso, what's up, guys? Celso, glad to have you back from Greece. How was your trip, brother? Very good. I got a chance to be on the show for a little bit last week. Apologize, the the light went off and I couldn't, uh, you know, finish. But uh, it's good to be back. Um, I'm actually very, very relaxed from my vacation. I had not taken one for a while, so maybe that's why I was a little cranky, a little negative. And uh, guess what? We lost the game. You know, we got to, you know, maybe change the beat a little bit and talk a little about maybe some of the weakness that the this team has but in a positive light i promise no uh, you know i i watch it on tv my man i watch it on tv but i know some of us got to travel shout out to all of us that travel and eric i believe you uh you made this two in a row that's right eric and the wife showed up and, and got to celebrate in in san jose eric how was it brother it was a lot of fun. I mean, away days, if you've never been to an away day, highly recommend it. There's nothing, I mean, it gets rowdy at the bank, but when you're anywhere near the 32-52, everybody, you know, you have you have to be louder than the whole rest of the stadium, and you maybe make up 2 or 3% of the people at the stadium, and you have to be louder than everybody. And it's a ton of fun. Uh, it's always good to see everybody. You know, it was Bank of California North on Sunday, and unfortunately, <laughs> the the team didn't didn't really give us something to really celebrate and go home. But just like just like, you know, at the Bank of California, when you're with LAFC fans, it's kind of like you're with a big family. And it's one of those things. If the team doesn't win, we're, we're still all together. We're still having a great time. The black and gold loves to party. If there's one thing our fan base does better than anybody else, it's party. And the party came to San Jose. We had a ton of fun, and, and we came back, you know, and uh, getting ready for some Austin action. Yeah, you know, the game was yes. wild, man. It was not the start that we expected, but first of all, it was not the lineup that we expected. We've seen a heavily mm -hmm. rotated lineup. We had Hollingshead up in the top three, which I'm, yeah. you've seen Twitter lighting up and going crazy. People couldn't believe it. That's the situation. But, um, you know, look, I've said it. Now, this would be the third, fourth week. We will see a lot of load management going on with this team. We are not going to see guys uh, being so torn with their legs by the time playoffs comes. Dolo is going to take it easy. And so some of these games might happen. Um, that's just sort of the situation that you're going to be put into. And not to mention some of the some of the rumors that we're hearing with uh Brian and everything is sort of having a little bit of a damper on things. Obviously, we didn't see him, so we've seen, uh, you know, Hollingshead instead of instead of Brian. So, you know, this is all stuff that we yeah. have to cover. But we we let's get into a little bit of the game. Uh, what did you think when you first seen the lineup, Celso? 
Yeah, I think that's the big thing. When I first saw the lineup, I really wasn't sure what we were trying to do, whether we were trying to rest players or really experiment with different things. Uh, I believe one of our guests when came on said that this particular type of roster buildup provides flexibility for Dolo and the coaching staff. So when you open nine points and you have a relatively weaker opponent, why not try some of those things? And one of the things that I thought was very interesting is Kelly Acosta sort of playing that that middle of the mid, uh, center of the midfield position with the double pivot in front of, you, of him, of Blessing and Mendes. So again, right there, I was a little bit lost of what was going on, you know. And in terms of rotation, you know, the, some of the rotations to me did not make sense, right? So if you're going to rest one of your fullbacks, um, you know, why did you choose to have both of them at the same time so you know a little bit lost on what we were trying to do there whether it was an experiment or a true you know uh, rotation in terms of rest um you know some of these we expect like um you know in terms of gareth bale still coming in late well i'm sure we'll talk more about him but you know i i, I do believe and the question is do we now have one too many new faces in this roster and suddenly we're suffering from a little bit of a lack of identity, right? Uh, you know, to me, that first goal was a little bit of that with Seba Mendes sort of losing his track and then suddenly finding himself in a counter-strike situation. So I don't know. You guys be the judge there, but do we have too many faces in this roster no, at this point? I don't, and is Eddie Moore going to help anymore with this problem? I don't think that we have too many faces, but Mendes definitely didn't have new a great faces. match. Or new faces did, but Mendez definitely didn't have a great match. Um, Eric, what, what do you think about the lineup? And, and do we have too many new faces? I mean, it, it all remains to be seen. It, it was one game. Definitely when I saw the lineup, I kind of scratched my head a little bit. And then, you know, we, we, we started chatting with the, uh, you know, the infamous Twitter group that we all scour the web for every single rumor and detail we can find. And apparently there was some sort of punishment for Brian doing an interview with club America, whether that's true or not, I'm not sure, but it would kind of make sense why he wasn't in the lineup. And we were putting a fullback up front at right wing, which was an experiment that did not work out at all. You know, one, one thing they kind of, it seemed to me that they did is, is they get Pauling's heads up there. He's a big body, you know, you, you mm -hmm. get him to fight for the 50, 50 ball, but instead they kept trying to put the long ball over him and watching him try to try to beat the defender. And, and this is just, He's just not that guy. He, he's not going to burn the defenders like that. And so it kind of seems like they put him up there, but they really didn't alter their strategy much with that. As far as Mendez in the back, um, the, the, whole mid, the whole midfield just, just didn't play well all game. They seemed very disjointed. They lost the ball. Just poor passes where, you know, they, they expected the player to be in a place that they weren't, and they passed it to, the, to where they thought the player would be, which is not where the player was. So it was just kind of a ball to nobody. We saw a lot of passes to nobody. And then to top it off, you know, I would have liked to see halftime come in and say, okay, we're 1-1. This isn't the end of the world, you know, but this didn't work. Let's try to do something now. But instead, they waited for past the 60th minute to bring in subs, then we had Ilya Sanchez come in, and I don't know what what his deal was, but that guy was on till out of the game within 20 minutes with with two yellow cards. And I remember his foul before the one he got carded. He had another foul that I thought, you know, this could be the second yellow right here. It wasn't, and then he came with the other one. So 
nothing seemed to go right at all. It was a horrible game. It, you know, part part of me in retrospect would look at this, and if, if we're going to rotate a lineup, you know, I almost would have seen us rotate during Austin because we're going to probably see Austin in the playoffs, and then we don't we don't show them our cards. You know, we we make them not really see us until we play them when it counts, but. Hmm. Because we dropped these points, we're kind of going to be putting together a, a good lineup again against them, which I think that was the idea is is resting guys so they can come play Austin because this is a battle of number one and two. But now we're going to do it without Sanchez. So it, I, I don't know yeah. how we're, how we're going to go about this. Well, the Sanchez thing, first of all, Tony said that you were right behind him and you didn't say hi. So Damn, you say I hi didn't to see Tony. you. Tony, if anybody sees say me hi. Game, Come on, Eric. Eric. You got to say hi. Come on. Say hi, Tony. Tony, what's up, man? I wish I could have I could have gave you a hug. I'm a hugger. It'd be more than a handshake. What's up, my dude? Um, if anybody sees me at the game, say, hey, Eric, what's going on? Like, I, man, no, but, I'm, I'm super friendly. Uh, but 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 about the Ilya thing, man, that is unfortunate. That is a big, hard hit for LAFC. We will miss him come Friday. Um I don't know if I agree with the fact of rotating against Austin because, to be honest, I want us to spank Austin because we lost the game at the bank, right? So it's a situation for me where I think that they need to be punished almost and we need to really do that. So to not have Ilya is a big a big loss for LAFC, in yeah. my opinion. Um, and, and, uh, and it's not his know, fault, by the way. Right? It, dude, agree. i got to be honest. It, the first one sort of felt soft. Like I could see the second one, but the first one for me felt very soft. If I'm wrong, I think what, correct. Me. What I meant by that is that it's just situationally he was not the right player to come in for Latif Blessing, which is a player that kind of played two ways, and and mm -hmm. and Ily Sanchez is really a player that's more bottled in the top of the box. You know, has great aerial ability, can defend the corner well. So to put him in, uh, put him in on this like foot race game where, where it was a very fast pace. When you know he's over thirty, to me, just felt <laughs> felt kind of uh, a, a bad move by the coaching staff. So I don't put this on him as much as I put it on the coaching staff, which not oh, okay. only missed the starting lock lineup, but seems to have missed on the subs as well. You know, situationally, it, I did not so, understand them. Okay, so then I got I got a rebuttal for you. Then if Brian is doing what he's doing, and you're not going to put him in, and you have to rest people. Do you still start Brian even when he needs to be recommended, reprimanded for things that he is saying to the press when he isn't allowed to say them things as of whatever's going on behind closed doors? That I mean, because aware. that was really that was really only our option, right? Is either play him, rest some of the other guys, or you're going to have to really rotate things out. But he did the interview; he wasn't supposed to. He said things that need to be kept behind closed doors for whatever is happening yeah, within the contracts. And so in in a way, it's just him being taught a lesson. Well, I, I was not aware of it. And then, then then you don't put him in the bench. Like Mamba Defoe wasn't in the bench That's for fair. obvious reasons, right? That's and, fair. And there was, what what is he, a decoy then? He went, hey, Brian, you know, the punishment will be that you just sit on the bench. That's no, fair. It seems like he was available and he just didn't, uh, he didn't feel like he was – it was his game to play, which, again, uh, Dolo has seemed to be pretty set on his ways when it comes to the substitutions that he's going to do for a game. It, mm -hmm. It's almost like it's been premeditated pre-game. So no matter mm. what happens, no matter the results, the 63 3rd minute, these are the bodies that are going to see time, right? And it's almost like it becomes this weird, these guys need to see time or else, right? And, and again... Mm. 
is it is this a problem of feeding too many mouths in the kitchen as well? Right. Yeah. I understand that. Keeping everyone happy. But again, well, it, or so it was this again, or was this just one game that we were trying to experiment things because it's the soft part of a schedule? And again, did we try to experiment with you know uh, the double pivot? And to me, the highlight of this game, if we have to talk about, it, is Kelling Acosta and what he did in the AM, you know, CM position that he played. I thought he did it very well and sort of carried that midfield with the excellent pass he had on the goal. Uh, but you know, is this was this just a big experiment? Yeah, beautiful I, pass to Apaku from Ilya. I mean, from Acosta. Uh, beautiful, beautiful pass. Uh, but there is a question, and it says uh, that uh, someone's been up with Ilya for a while, and he can't put a pinpoint on it. So I want to ask Eric: Do you think that there's something going on with Ilya? I mean, we have seen him get a couple of yellows lately. He's been making a couple of bad passes and runs. Uh, do you think that he's just too many minutes, maybe? Because he is the one that has been played the most. No, he has, you know, on, honestly, I, I don't see, you know, for, from, I'm probably the wrong person. I don't think there's anything really up with him. Ilya looks fine to me. I, I just think the situation he got put into, I, I think it was a one-off last game. I haven't really seen him so much declining, but, I, you know, I, I think he's a guy that, that really needs to, like, ease into the game. He's, he's not really, like, a super sub type of guy. He's kind of you know, just the way he plays, he's a very tactical midfielder. And I think he just needs to experience the game from the start. You know, as we know, the first 15 minutes is a lot different than the last 75 minutes. So I think he kind of needs to feel the game out, see where things are going and pull the strings. And when you right. have a guy that pulls the strings, like kind of bringing them in 60th minute, it, it really doesn't suit suit his skill set. Yeah. If I may no, say I something agree. as well there. Yeah, um, go if ahead, you look so at his sofa score. Again, it's just a measure, right? Of of especially in the defensive side of, uh, even say, how much activity and impact he's had defensively on games. And each month since the month of June, he's declined on his average scoring, right? So there's definitely something up. He's not as effective as he, as he was before. Uh, you know, when he was playing, particularly in June, he had a very very strong month. But it doesn't mean that he's not crucial to the success of what we're trying to do when things do work out. But it's very clear that he's just suffering from a little bit of fatigue. His age may be an issue, and um, you know he definitely shouldn't be deployed as a change-of-pace guy in the second half against an extremely fast team and full of young, young guys yeah. that just want to just ride through LAFC. Right. That was the yeah. wrong move. And, and again, kind of, you know, it's something you chatted for a second about, Nick, that we didn't really dig too much into, which is, which is the Austin game. And and I would have rather seen experimenting done during the Austin game. You know, I don't know why we, we had Jennings on the bench. Like if you're going to bench Brian, like at least put a forward up there. I think Jennings would have done much better than Hollingshead would have, you know, at that position mm -hmm. and try to keep a strong lineup, you know, like I, in, unless there, it is something with fatigue and Ilya, I don't know why they didn't just start Ilya, let him run. And again, like Austin, Let's do the tinkering then. I, I know it, it's good to have number one and two go head to head, but we're going to see each other in the postseason. And there's no better experience than game day experience. And Austin is the one team that does concern me coming into November. Fair. 
Yeah, but that's the one team that we cannot lose again to, though, right? Like, I mean, that's that's fair, right? Like, they already won the one. We have to go to their house and win to show that we can win there to make it an even playing field for when we do go into the playoffs, that it's a hard-hitting match, right? If it's a double-sided game, then one team is going to feel a little going into that playoff match like, oh, God. But if it's a doubleheader, right, both teams are equal, and you're like, all right, we both have this. This isn't this. This isn't just one sided. We can win this game, as you know. I'm sure that they would feel. Uh, yeah, man, I do love my background. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm enjoying it myself. Yeah. I was like, is that a hey, virtual listen, background, guys... Nick? I had to ask. <laughs> no, it isn't. It isn't. <laughs> listen, I see you guys on uh, Twitter. Also, come over to the face uh, to YouTube and join the conversation, man. We love having all the conversation on here, asking questions and uh, the interaction. Um, yeah, man. So, a lot of people uh, wanted to see Trejo and Jennings. You guys are right yeah, on that. I'm dead on. Yeah. Yeah. Acosta, though. Acosta and Apaku, they are building some type of relationship, man. And, you know, Apaku has really earned his position in this starting lineup. He looks great. I do understand people liking him as sort of that super sub in a way because he comes in with that speed, that, that blessing style speed. But, dude, the guy, the kid is just – you know what it is? He's it. young, right? This is this is what's beautiful about him, this his style of person, right? There's kids that want to say, I know it all. And then there's kids that want to sponge it up and take it in and say, I'm going to listen and learn to everything and I'm going to make it what it is. And we already know when, when Gareth came in that he told Apaku, shoot more, shoot more. We're seeing him shoot more. We know that people are telling him where he needs to be taking it because we've heard people say, Vela, hey, he needs to take it out here a little bit more and stuff. And he's doing it. And now we're starting to see him hit the back of the net more. And he's looking up for the right passes. His game has came full circle this year, and it's been amazing to watch. The pass from Acosta was absolutely beautiful, but the Paku goal was great too. And then not to mention how great of a kid he actually is uh, when when he talks. It's always praise to everyone else, thanks to everyone else. When they asked him about being a super sub, I'm I'm fine with being a super sub. I'm actually happy. Like he has the right attitude, and that's the type of guy that we want on this team. That's the type of guy that fights for the badge, and that's the type of guy that I personally want to watch his career grow for the rest until he's retired, bro. It's incredible that we have him, and we are lucky to have Apaku on this sure. team. Um, so uh, that's what I thought about his performance. I thought he had a great game, even though the game was pretty shitty. I thought that he played a great game. Uh, Eric, go or Celso, go into uh, Apaku, and then Eric, I want to hear your thoughts after. Yeah, Kondo was definitely the, the highlight of the offense. To me, Christian Arango really just he had a lot of motion and movement, but really was very ineffective. But to me, Kondo has become the constant. You know, if, if LAFC is an equation, right? Uh, you know, he's definitely the constant that makes everything click, especially on the road. You know, if you look at his numbers on the road from the beginning of the season, he's gotten, you know, better and better and has given us results, goals after goals and assists. So I've always found him to be the constant that makes our offense go. Now, the stardom around him is what rotates one game you would have chicho one game you have vela coming up big and so on so that can will continue and and this is exactly what you want out of a very young guy someone that can absorb the best out of people around you and can also mute the you know the the noise right when things start not going your way and you know he had at least 
only one chance in this game and it was a great pass from Acosta and he made sure that he wasn't going to miss it. So this is what we want from a guy like uh, his his age when you hear him talk is always on point. And, you know, here's the other thing. He's always sprinting back to defend and give Never his pass up. on both sides of the ball. Never gives um, up. If you guys ever watched the documentary on Rooney, right? That was one of the things that he's done really well. He did really well in his career was sort of go back and forth and, and, and press and defend when he was he was asked to do that. And uh, as a young player, you kind of want to see this this type of attitude. Different from someone like B-Rod that probably had to be told multiple times, hey man, get back on defense. You know, you just <laughs> lost the ball. Get fuck up and go. You know what I mean? So that's, you don't even need to tell this guy that. So again, no. I like to no, continue to see him grow. And, uh, you know, he almost needs to keep a lower profile, right? So that we don't sell him. You know, look what's happened to Sifu all of a sudden. You know, he's being targeted everywhere. But man, Eric, what do you Sifu think of is being, a guy Sifu being goats? targeted? Yeah, the but, goat. The goat. The goat, yeah. I mean, he's been the goat ever since that Cruz Azul goal. You know, we, we started talking. <laughs> we were true. like, goat. Like, we saw that. When I saw that goal, I, I that was right there. Off, Not much at all. I was like, this kid is special right here. Like, he is going to turn into something amazing for us. And we see that, you know, one of the last things Celso was talking about him was one of the things I want to talk about as well, which is how he gets back on defense we always see him, you know, when the ball be in our end, all of a sudden there he would be. He'd be over there around the left back position picking up the ball. And he was also back in midfield quite a bit carrying the ball, you know, dribbling out of situations and creating the outlet and then and then running forward. And I mean, the goal, look what we got to see. We got to see a father pass the ball to a son who put it oh. into the net. <laughs> That's true. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> you know, and it's and Father's Day was a while ago, but yeah, you know, it, it's one of those beautiful joys of the game that you love to see. No, it's so funny that that joke is ran so hard. Even on his locker, it said Acosta son, like on the locker, not even a like. What the hell is happening? Is it, but he he rolls with it. Um, and then uh, listen, man. Um, I don't know what more we can say about the about this game. If y'all have anything to add, let, let's let's talk about I, it. I, I want to add a little bit on what San Jose yeah. did to just completely crush because I've spent it. quite a lot of time on trying yeah. to understand it. And okay. It was all about the left Please. side of our defense because what they did. If you look at how you know and who did well, it was all about Espinosa and then creating the imbalance against on the right side of the pitch for San Jose against the left side of the uh, of the field on our, on. on on, on this and and what happened also there was a, a, a tremendous amount of imbalance I felt on the offensive side for LAFC which started the problem okay because as you guys mentioned the the, the right wing position was just non-existent with Hollings head out there and blessing playing this 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 role it, it really everything became about who about palacios and and opoku trying to make things happen and when you mm. sc- overloaded that side it, it opened up a hole and and what i found is that uh diego mm. was never comfortable in his positioning throughout the game and and, and it opened up a c- constant problem for him and seba mendes was just not up to the task you know unfortunately to to keep things from from developing in the midfield so as as the san jose play scratched you know we found ourselves in trouble in trouble in trouble and that's why and i'm just gonna 
That's why Ramiro Monteiro on that side of the field did really well. Espinosa also played really well. And who, who really destroyed it more than anybody else was Tommy Thompson. Tommy Thompson was everywhere. And where was he exploiting? He was exploiting that flank between who? It was our left back and our left center back. The left center back was who? It was someone that didn't play very much. So you started having now doubts on whether these rotations are hurting the team or was it really just because we have completely different positioning on everybody on the field. But San Jose kind of beat us strategically, right? And they they just had the better, uh, you know, 11, I would say, in the better positioning on the field to exploit some of these imbalances. But it all started, to me, with that starting lineup. You know, you don't put mm-hmm. the players that you do on the right side because they were not being effective on, on, on mm-hmm. the forward piece of the field, right? So that's why I didn't really understand. Why not start a guy like Vela, give him 45 minutes and just pull out, right? That's it. So, and then bring Kyle Jennings in there. That's it. So you Make you bring simple, up a right? very you bring up a very good point though. It was all um, imbalanced to me. You you may you bring up a very good point though, in, which is worrying Eric, and we got to talk about this. Palacios, if you take Palacios out of LAFC and you make him uncomfortable, what happens, right? Because we know that this team is running really through Palacios and Ilya through the back to get it up mm-hmm. to the front. We've seen that time and time again. That's the numbers that we constantly hear from Celso. That's the numbers that we constantly are seeing. Who touches the ball the most? Who has the most accurate passes? It's going to be Palacios and Ilya. And Ilya wasn't in there, so all of it landed on Palacios, and he could not get comfortable. Is that exactly. the way to beat this team, Eric? If you make Palacios uncomfortable, then you actually have a good chance at winning. 61 touches, by the way, second most in the game beyond uh, a cost. And that's just this game because that's normally game. We, we, we say it all the time. It's all We're always talking about Palacios has some of the most touches, Eric. Yeah, 100%. I, um, I think Palacios and, and Ilya Sanchez are the two guys that if you can cancel them out that you're – we're going to struggle, you know, Palacios really is a big factor in moving in breaking the lines from the, you know, moving the ball up to midfield, sometimes carrying it further and putting it all the way to the front. And Ilya Sanchez really anchors the midfield. And, you know, if, if you remove one of them, you know, if Palacios is removed, but we have Ilya, you know, I'm not as concerned, but if right. we are Good without point. both of them, I'm it, it's a big problem. And you can see our, our back line and our midfield really struggled. I mean, and our front struggled as well, but you know, it's, it's not as noticeable when the midfield's mm-hmm. not hitting them the ball. You, you, they're not really, you know, you're not seeing it, but. And you bring up another great point because this time, see, before we really didn't run it through the back like we do. We really developed the play from the back, right? More so than we ever have with Dolo. That's sort of his thing. You develop it from the back, you get it going, and you push hard forward. And so that is a great point. If Palacios isn't there, Ilya has to be on the pitch. So we need Palacios to step up big come Friday. He is going to be the one that we will all be watching to see how he does. And we hope, we hope that this isn't a trend that now people see. Listen, you've got to stay on on him and you got to make him uncomfortable and we we're going to force the other guys to step up we're hoping that's not going to be the case but you know we'll we'll just have to see um someone's asking about dennis bowanga we haven't heard any much about dennis bowanga yet we know that he is coming uh yep he's getting his visa stuff done we've seen it i I do follow a lot of his uh so social stuff we know that he's working out hard 
uh, he, he's been commenting on stuff about LAFC, and it looks very promising. I tell you this, when he does come here, we're going to have someone a lot better than B-Rod, and he's going to be on it is from what I see. And I hope to God it's the case because I've been saying it, and I could be wrong. I've better been wrong before. I, I've been wrong before, but, uh, you know, listen, I think that this guy is going to be the real deal for us. And I know that he loves, bad, you know, the badge that he played at his other club. So I'm hoping he's going to love the badge here at LAFC. But looking forward to him getting here and uh, being ready by playoffs because we know that Dolo is not just going to throw him in. I mean, we've seen it. Load management like crazy. Kalini didn't even make the lineup, which, okay, whatever. Um, but – Man, I got to be honest. Let's let's sort of move into this situation. Gareth Bell came in. He did not look sharp. He didn't look sharp, right? He looked a little slow. <laughs> he looked a little slow, a Quite little sluggish, mm -hmm. a little uncomfortable. And, um, you know, if this is how we are going to do it, as I've been saying, the load management, we're going to let these guys. We got to keep them fit, though. They can't come in looking sluggish and, and, and walking around and looking like the age is catching up. I mean, look, I'm not one to complain about age. I'm old there. But, uh, you know, look, I, running, I, I can't do. But, golly, I could have ran faster that day. I was tripping how slow he was running. I don't know. Am I wrong, Eric? I mean, it sort of seemed like he just wasn't really ready for that little 20 minutes that he came in. I mean, it's – there, there's a there's there's got to be a lot here that we don't know and can't really speculate. But if he's coming here and you know he's here to kind of work his way into match fitness, he looked a lot more fit at Salt Lake, and then kind of to be out for load management and then comes back in and he he looked you know he looked less in shape than he did against Salt Lake, which it should be the other way around. The more games you're with the club, the more fit you should end up being. So. You know, that's I, I kind of scratched my head a little bit on that one because he he looked a lot slower than he did at RSL. I mean, look, man, like 14 minutes is you've got to throw that data point away, right? Because okay. 14 minutes in, in a football match is absolutely nothing. It's your arm up. And if you're an older body, you probably need 20 for you to be optimal. I tell you that because I'm there. So I, yeah. I think that Gareth Bale is also a victim of bad coaching. I'm going to keep beating this up. I think the coaching staff really was trying to do things differently here and, and experiment with things. And this was another thing. They have to decide, you know, when are we going to stop just putting Gareth Bale there to, you know, uh, you know, get his heart rate up and make sure he doesn't really or, or, or when is he going to really come in to impact the game the other thing is he came in Ili Sanchez got the red and I think that got in his mind and like you know what fuck it I'm not going to run in this game anymore we basically threw it off you know mentally okay. it, when he, when that happens it was just like cold water in the player right you know so I, I don't believe this is a game we should judge Gareth Bale on that's what I'm saying I continue to judge yeah. the, the poor decision making in the starting lineup which again it could be just experimental and secondly you know what are we doing with the subs you know we're not trying to put some of these release you know less used players i wouldn't call me young anymore because denny trail is 24 right but you know why are we not trying to use the guys that may have, have a little bit hunger may have a little bit more of a reason to play you know because they find they'd be finding themselves in other rosters or usl rosters next year this is right. what i didn't understand right. about this game but it is what it is man it's one game i have a question for you guys now it's two games however that we could cause 
we very much undershoot, right? These two rosters that we played in DC United and San Jose are two of the most porous defenses in Major League Soccer, and yet we could not generate anything against them. The shots on target were very much lower than their average against of these two teams. And, you know, we only were able to beat Rooney's team for by one nothing, right? And he just got shelled by... You know the, the the guys of Philadelphia, and here he goes. We we go to San Jose, and we can manage to score more than one. I understand losing a shootout against San Jose; that will happen, right? But to me, it's concerning that we have so many offensive weapons, and yet we just don't seem to uh, put it all together every game, right? Where we can put two or three game goals every single game. It seems to me that we rely a lot on our defense. What do you guys think? Hold on, we won the Dallas, we won the DC game, right? One we zero. won the DC game, but it was yeah. a one nothing win, and, oh, yeah, yeah. and, and okay, we generated basically one two water. shots a goal, right? Now, if saying. you look historically, DC is losing by six seven. I'm just listen, man. I'm trying to look for problems in this, right? And if there's a trend to look at, is the fact that we're just undershooting some of these less. Uh, you know, capable opponents, right? We should be going in there and putting like 10 shots on goal and making these goalkeepers completely work for their money. And yet, like, they're just taking the day off. Marcinowski had yeah. one def one save to make the whole freaking game, right? And yet he's one of the most uh, used, utilized... Uh, you know, goalkeepers in this league. You know, this is the concern to me. You know, and it's, it was. It seemed to me it was all about Chicho Arango just trying to shoot from like 30, 40 yards out. I mean, where is the cohesiveness on the last pass? You know, in order to get it. And I think that's where Dennis Boanga is going to be really, really good because that guy is a shooter and that guy knows to do one thing and one thing only. He knows how to score. This is I yeah, yeah, I yeah, for sure. Yeah, when, when I, I, I saw pictures of him at the airport, so he must be very close, man. You know, this stuff must be happening soon. Yeah, it's it's kind of I, I think what you're saying that the term is playing down to your opponent, you know, and that's looking at DC. I I don't know. One, I guess DC got the new coach. They have Rooney in there, so it's a little bit of a a little bit of a turnaround. And they do play. I mean, they they did draw the Red Bulls zero zero, which Red Bulls are a much better team as well. But it is it is concerning. And then we go into San Jose and and drop that. We definitely. I mean, these are bottom of the table teams. We should be doing better than them, and and we didn't. You know, there's. But uh, sometimes teams play down to their opponent, and I mean, most of our most of our games aren't. I don't know. I'm losing my train of thought on that. But uh, I mean, do we. How many other teams do we play down to of the poor teams? Like we well, beat them. Okay, well, well, San Jose made this, four though. in a row on us when we go I, there. I, so I wanna, we clearly yeah, beat us a lot. We never play. We never <laughs> show up and play for them. But we never show up and play for them. You know what I mean? And 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 usually we're saying, oh, we beating up on all the teams that aren't great, and we're not. And now we're you know we're winning team against teams that are really good, and then we're not showing up for the ones. It's going to happen. You're going to not show up for something. I'd rather show up for the teams that are at the top and show that we can play and then take a day off on some of the other ones. It's going to happen, dude. When you're playing three games in the week, it's going to happen, right? You're going to have a game that whatever. Um, mm -hmm. Did I think that we would have lost this game? No. I, I, Y'all know I'm way overconfident. We barely and did, I'm, by the I'm way. Okay yeah. I'm okay prediction. with that. I had a 4 prediction. You know, I'm, I'm, way, I'm, I'm way overconfident, and I'm okay with that. I don't, I don't think um, – I don't want to change how I feel about it because I, I think that we should win every single match until the end. Uh, but um, realistically, I understand that there's going to be times that we are going to have to sit guys and that 
it's going to be a hard fought game and we might get one point and we might not get any but at the end of the day when we going back to my austin thing with 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 what eric said i don't want to take off that game because i want us to fight hard because they're a top tier team and mm-hmm. I want to prove a point. You, can't. you understand? You can't take that no, game off anymore. Off. You you yeah. lot off. No, well, I'm saying yeah. I'm saying you know before I'm saying? how he, yeah. And that's yeah. the problem that I had with taking this other game off because now you lost that game and now it puts the onus in Austin. And if you lost to Austin, now you're rolling with a two-game losing that's streak it. We only have three points and left. some lack of confidence in what I've always said. It doesn't seem like this team can go on the road on the Western Conference and beat a team. You know, we're, we we seem to have a problem with 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 that, and um, you know, all the marquee losses we've had this season have been Western Conference opponents. In no, I houses. agree. I I definitely think we're all going to be watching Austin and waiting to see how the boys respond. We know that any loss that we have had, L, this team, LAFC and Dolo, they come out firing the next game. We don't sit around and, and wait to see what teams are going to bring. We sort of bring it to them, and that's something Absolutely. I expect for Dolo to do. Um, yeah, uh, Christian Teo, we're, we're hearing Tello, a lot of yeah, people, Tello, or Tello, yeah. Tello, mm-hmm. Tello asking, Tello? You asking about uh, mm-hmm. Christian Tello. Um, he's supposedly coming. We will see. Listen, there's a bunch of rumors going around. We don't know if Brian's going. We don't know if Fall is going. We're hearing that they're gone, but we haven't seen anything from LAFC. So until they, we see it from LAFC, we've got to wait. Um, so until we also see the Christian Tello, uh, we'll wait and see. Uh, we're talking about Bawanga because we know that he's already been announced. If this mm-hmm. deal goes through with the Christian thing, it's another master class from JT. Supposedly, it's going to be a DP signing for the rest of this year. Then we're going to buy him down for next year, and he will not be a DP for that. That is unbelievable if JT pulls this off. I'll tell you, man, I am very impressed. I've said it. Last year, I was all over the front office. This year, I can't. I cannot compliment them enough. If if this goes through, it will be amazing. Um, Eric, what do you think about this signing? If it does go through, I think it's a great signing that goes through. I think uh, you know a one for one with Brian for Christian Tello is huge. Uh, you know, part part of our defense of Brian in the roster is who does he get replaced by? You know, you can't just get rid of somebody without replacing him. It makes no sense in a win. Now, Christian Tello would be a great replacement for it. Here's kind of where some of my concerns are with this is that, you know, I, I feel like if Brian was sold somewhere, the pen would be to paper and it would be announced. But if Christian Tello was going to come here and take a DP, that means a DP has to leave first, and the only DP to leave first would be Brian Rodriguez. So now, if that deal is not finalized already, you're going to walk into negotiations with a team that knows you have to move this player because his replacement is already coming, and it puts you at such a disadvantage at negotiations. You know, when we were seeing the Club America rumors at six million, you know, and we're like, is six million a good number? Certainly, if they know you have a guy that you absolutely have to move him, like six million is not even realistic anymore. Like some team, it, it's basically because they know that we have to move him more than they need to buy him. So the leverage is no longer on our side. If, uh, Eric, if all well, of this is true. Just re- I think you just answer your own thing there by basically saying that deal's done, huh? I mean, wouldn't it have I mean, everyone is already, already kind of saying it. Because, yeah, 
if it i really really sincerely hope that it is done if it is not done we're gonna get put over a barrel i think and but, why would he not play this weekend right like because you don't want his shin to split in half or some asshole and then that would void the deal right so to me that that was the bowl so to me the only thing that is missing is like whether he's gonna take an uber to the airport or a lift <laughs> Everything else has been worked out, my man. <laughs> I've seen plenty of people say. Just put a, put a ribbon on it, baby. I think some Part of the fans will drive him for free at this point. <laughs> I've seen, that thing I've seen is a Mexican novella with elements of Brazilian in it. I mean, put it in a Uber and send it out, man. I can't just. <laughs> I've Next. seen plenty of people say, hey, you know what? I will take him myself. Uh, tell me where his house is, and I would. Because I think we're tired of the narrative, not because the player is bad. It's really the narrative. The narrative has been here too long with us. Honestly, it's his. It's his. It's his team. It's not him. It's his team. His team is really just making a mess of the whole situation because he's came back a great player this year, and I've really enjoyed him. I have been on Brian's team this year after the whole Mm -hmm. thing, and his team is just being. Um, they're 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 just horrible human beings. Yeah, Man, I think I they really wanted him JT to stay at LAFC and, uh, for one year and one year only when he came back. And when that one year was up, they just kind of came like as vultures that they know how to be. And and these are the things that we don't know about because these contracts are not public information, right? But ultimately, there's probably a lot of time clauses in there for the player to move on. Otherwise, you know, these agents, you know, they they probably just change their tone very fast. And it doesn't help that Major League Soccer has a misalignment on its calendar, right? Which causes probably even more tension mid-season for teams like us. So it it causes, but it also makes it for very interesting mid uh, you know, mid-year conversations like the ones we're having right now. It's pretty cool. Betancourt seems like a maniac. Like his his agent is so so all over the place. It's, it's well, Brian's kind of, twenty three, right? He's not magic yeah. age where he's now becoming part. He's not a uh, a U twenty two guy. So you know what I mean. So it changes how it, it literally just loses. He lost value, right? And lost a yeah. lot of it. Yeah. And now and he's going to use playing time like a salvage with, project with yeah. with Bawanga. He he's going. He knows he's losing playing time. He knows he's mm-hmm. not producing. And let's just be honest, Correct. man. His final third is not great he has no. he moves the ball good it's fancy it looks good all the time like it looks great and then he gets into the box and it's, it falls to shit like yeah. this is the truth and this is if he was to be able to finish no nah, everybody would be losing their mind what are you talking about no you got to stay he cannot finish and okay. from what we've seen we have people that are finishing now arango is a finisher dude this guy is a finisher he wasn't but now he is he is putting the goal of the ball in the back of the net. Apaku is now becoming a finisher. Nope. And we know that Bawanga is going to be a finisher. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and that's the thing, man. Like, you cannot, you can't be this, hey, I'm this certain player and I'm this certain guy. And then in the in the final third, fall, fall, mm-hmm. fall apart. Like, it doesn't. Right makes sense no one's going to want to pay that 10 15 million dollar price tag which is basically what we i mean we gave you a buttload of money for you to constantly give us drama and constantly have your manager and agent say hey we're going to get you out of mls so you came here to take the check you didn't care anything about the badge and all you've done was bitch and complain so get out let's bring someone in that cares bro yeah and so and i, I think, think that's Teo, mostly where we are Teo Telo can be a, a, a good fit there you know he's, he's a, a left winger by design someone that can help 
defensively, and maybe it's a, a good one-two punch. You know, a Teo, a Bowanga, you know, in that left side could be could be something very interesting that could develop in, into the future of what that left side looks like. It's going to look different, frosting. though, right? And, <laughs> and it's going to have to work. And That's right. B-Rod works, we know that, under certain circumstances. Yeah. And we're going to have to give that yeah. up and hope that this next thing works. And that's I think fair. that's probably time, given that he's been in our system for a while. There may be some good offers there. You know, if anything, his team might be good at marketing him as a better player than he really is. For the most part, I don't think he lived up to the expectations at the Los Angeles no, Football Club. So maybe you should try it somewhere else. I think Diego Rossi did. So his story was very different when he went abroad. It was like, can he take the next step? B-Rod is, here's your third chance. Can you make it? You know, so. Right. Good luck to him. Yeah. Right. And what happened right. to America, man? That thing was a done deal three times, and now it's kind of maybe not. Like, what's going on with that? I mean, <laughs> I, I I don't know a Those ton about. guys just about, stir the pot, man. I don't know a ton about the Mexican soccer media, but I think it's similar to the Brazilian soccer ask, media. Ask Danny Alves how he's doing over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean. What a train wreck. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Brian, you know, I, I've defended Brian nonstop, and it's I, I don't even have a leg to, to stand on with that anymore. You know, I, I think the it's next time I, yeah, next time oh I hear God. Brian in America, if he pulls half of the shit he did here, man, good luck, bro. Like, for what I yeah. see from America fans yeah. and their media, Boanga no. looks great. Boanga, they're, they're, they're like, gonna, yeah, he's he's gonna, he's a guy that looks like he can more. Because you know the front three, they like to rotate the front three, and Brian yes. never really fit in right when he when he moved into the middle. And I think Buanga, he looks like a guy that's much more comfortable in the middle. Apoku is a guy that's more comfortable in the middle, and Bale is a guy more comfortable in the middle. And so I think that the rotation of the front three with those three in particular is all of them can be seamless wherever they are on the line. So you know Brian Brian's limited. He kind of play one side or the other. He he gets beat up in the middle. So let's talk a little bit about um, Dolo and uh, the coaching staff. Celso, you keep on saying that you feel like they broke, they dropped the ball a little bit on this one. Um, do you think that they're just trying to also figure out different lineups for all the load management that we're going to have? And the reason I mention it is because Kalini not even making the 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 uh, you know for the load management sort of is a little bit of a flag, right? Like we we really need to see him at least for this Austin game come Friday, if not Segura has to start. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I, I sort of um, expect like the back line didn't look great, right, it, it, uh, in, in no. the San Jose game. It was sort of a mess from Escobar. Like I'm sort of jumping around, but Escobar for me is not a starter on this team right now on the back line. Um, I feel a lot more comfortable with Hollingshead back there and Kalini. Uh, and the reason I say that is because I feel like they all listen and understand Kalini a little bit better, right? And if it's not going to be Kalini and it's going to be Segura, I need Hollingshead back there because Escobar is a little bit um, 
hot-headed, which I love, but his hot-headedness gets him a little lost, and he you see him constantly getting frustrated. When he gets frustrated, he pulls a yellow real quick, and then he always gets out of position. It's like if he's getting a little bit bullied, he has to do a little bit of bullying back as opposed to worrying yeah, about yeah. where he needs to be. And if we yeah. have a Kalini back there, he can help put that in, in check. Does that make sense? 100%. I think you're right. Dead on. Yeah. I didn't understand why Segura didn't start. That was a, a nice tweet about how he did, he's not injured anymore and now he's moving on from there. And then the guy's on the bench and comes in the last five minutes. By the way, when he came mm -hmm. in, composed the center back, even though we were down 10, we actually almost came up with a little bit of a momentum at the end to, to salvage that game. You know what I mean? So I thought, you know, you started with the coaching staff. And yes, to me, you know, I've, I've, I've been Thank in you, on Dolo with a lot of for a lot of what he's done and how he's turned things around. We've qualified for the playoffs after a dismal year, guys. It took six months to turn this puppy around from the time that we missed the playoffs to the time that we made it. So kudos to him. It was a lot on him. And if he wanted to take these last couple games to experiment with things, that's what it was. But let's make sure that we don't operate like a hockey line or like a hockey team where you're giving shifts to people because they're entitled to them and because you're trying to make everybody get minutes. That's not how a football club should be operated. It should be more like a death chart where there's absolute firsts and that there's players that it can be rotated within. And I think you're absolutely right about Escobar. Right now, he lost a little bit of room to Holland's head, and that's creating a little bit of a friction in that roster where it's making this this the coaching staff overthink or where to play Hollings at. Oh, let's deploy him as a right wing because Vela needs some time off and therefore, you know, we can play both of them. Maybe that's overthinking as a result of what you're saying. Francisco mm -hmm. Escobar is the most expensive uh, defender that we currently have signed. You know what I mean? So I when you think about how much he gets paid, I think he comes with a little bit of like, look, I need to play as well. I'm the first right. and the only right back that you currently have. Lastly, what I would say is about Chiellini. And I've said this before, maybe and maybe when we signed him on those TAM deals, you know, it really was because we were only signing them from one third of the games. You know, it seems to me that they it gave them the ability to say, hey, I want to sit this game or that game. Maybe there's pressures from the players to only play the bigger games. And now it's being seen as load management. Maybe mm. that's the part of the deal that we don't see it, right? At the end of the day, they're only pay, paid way less than they were used to be. And maybe they're expecting they only played about a third of the games. I don't know. No, There's a lot of questions and maybe, and hopefully this is the coaching staff that can answer all of them for us. Yep. Eric, where are you at on that, man? So, I mean, I, you know, I, I hear what Celso saying about, I just feel like maybe he's trying to try, see what lineups can work. You know, I, I understand that you cannot, I understand. I understand what Celso saying. You can't just play this guy because, hey, they need some minutes. I get that. But it does look, we have rotated a lot and we're trying to see things that are happening. And you're like, yo, why would he play there? Dude, when Seb is my know? guy, man. I post about him all the time. Ibeaga is my guy. I thought he's been great. But he played like shit. And, you know, it was not his game to play, man. Like, we had to have it wasn't. the guy that it was, if it's not Chiellini, it's Eddie Segura. And that's the end it of is. that. I agree. I Boom. agree. I was surprised. So, Eric, where are you at on that? What about not playing Kalini and not starting Segura? Yeah, I mean, number one, like Segura is coming back from injury, so mm -hmm. you know he he's probably not fully a hundred percent match fit yet. You know, he's working his way there, so that one I understand. 
this load management thing with Chiellini and Bale, that's something I really don't understand. Like, what's the difference between load management and just putting somebody on the bench? Like, this is coming out on injury reports, yeah, which you thing. have to do. But, I mean, if there's not really an injury, like, th- that's the one thing. It seems like you don't really need to say it at all. I don't know if that's just a media thing. So, people, uh, well, don't buy your ticket to see Bale or Chiellini because they're not playing if you're uh, – Juventus or a Wales fan, but not LAFC. Like, is it a courtesy? It's like, a heads up to well, the fans. Yeah. Well, we know Save that we money. do know we do know some people travel from Wales and yeah, did not get to did. see him, bro. So, so maybe, yeah. you're right, Eric. maybe you're but, right, Eric. <laughs> but so then, so then, uh, yeah. As far as as far as the rest There's of it, you know, it, it it just seemed it just seemed kind of just a, like a disappointing game. I have a feeling that Segura really is the guy they want. They're playing most of the minutes. Um, you know, I'm I'm not sure where I I never really knew where Chiellini was going to fit in because we have so much depth in the back line. Maybe there's some people that they're going to pull out for the playoffs. But the other side of this, you know, as we're talking about, it kind of seems like coasting, like. Can we drop these three points? Can we drop next week's three points? Yes. But our cushion starts to get really, really small at that point. And, you know, if we're going to plan on when we're going to allow for dropping points, kind of this two-game stretch is a bit of a head scratcher because it seems like they could deploy to, like, really have really win that game. You know, with a different lineup, they should have just kind of stuck with it, what they know, win that lineup, deal with low – load management, you know, on Friday. But now they're in a situation where we drop those three points and these next three points are going to be a really, really tough. Probably some of the hardest three points that we're going to get all year is going to be on Friday, you know. And so if they're going to make a full go at it and they drop those points, which we could play a great game and still drop those points, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's it just seems like it was some miscalculating by by our staff on on how to handle everything. And Hopefully it's not something that bites us in the end and we don't end up, you know, dropping to second place in the supporter shield because our cushion might be getting really small. And we might have not much margin for error coming up. And, and how much are we relying on that second half push, right? Like uh, we see a lot of the stats about the second half and how much we've outscored players. You know, but the other side of that is that we're a pretty mediocre first half team. And I mean, I hate to say, you know, why do we have to always be playing from behind or or catch up? You know, we saw a lot of those mm-hmm. games where, you know, it was just a different tale in the second half mm-hmm. altogether. You know, I like to see this team come together now in the final stretch of the season with two strong halves, you know, a posture where you're really deciding games within 60 minutes, and then you're resting your guys at the end, you know, much like in a more traditional and natural way where you're just not expected to bring a Carlos Vela off the bench to make an impact on your game. Or even worse, you're going to put a center back on the game where you're losing on the road in front of your, in front of your fans. To me, that's giving up. When you put Eddie Segura on the game without without bringing a, a, another striker on this on, onto that game, you basically signal to your you know what we're giving up and we're moving on to Austin, and Austin is not going to be. But now here comes Austin, man, and they have our number. They know how to beat us, right? And uh, if some of these guys don't show up, like Cifuentes and such, Cifuentes really to me the the key of it all because when he shows up, we usually, especially in the midfield, have a way better outcome. And when he shows up against Austin, man, it's over. To me, it's you, you all know, about Senor Cifuentes. So I, I can take the other side of kind of what you were saying about strong first half. I do think 
that the way Dolo plays is he he plays to grind the team down in the first half, which means kind of a zero zero is they'll take it every time. Right. And the whole point is is and this is something post pandemic. You know, before the pandemic, we got three subs. Now there's five subs, and so it kind of right. makes sense. And I think statistically a winning strategy is to utilize all five of those subs to put on fresh legs. It's just what is the right time to do it and how does that affect your general 90 minute strategy? So I do think this comes into play and I do think there's a winning formula with starting game slow and picking up in the second half. Just, I, I also see where you're coming from. And if you start out a game strong and you could dominate and you're up two zero three zero sixtieth 60th minute, you can rest people then as well. But, you know, I just wanted to throw that to the side since we're discussing. Yeah, we're not going to fall well, apart so like in the some comments, of the other teams. Yeah, in the comments, somebody's saying that they don't trust Dolo. I completely trust Dolo. I got to be <laughs> honest I, with I you. I trust him 100%. That, that's yeah. not really on me. That's but not it, a real comment. Whatever, you know, it? look, if you don't, then I completely understand. And hopefully, uh, you know, he'll earn your trust by the end of the season because I honestly believe that this team is going to do the double. I do. I believe that we're going to win the double. Um, there is a great question on here. Who do we believe that it will start the Austin game? That's a game? great question. Um, I love the question. That's why we're asking it. And uh, Eric, let's start with you. Who, who do you think the starting lineup should be? All right. All right. On the spot. We're going to go. Uh, I think it should be Vela, Arango, Rodriguez, if he's not gone. You know, I kind of want them to do what they did against. Stop DC. it, bro. Eric, you're bringing Rodriguez <laughs> back. Let, let him see it. Yeah. I want to do what we did against DC. <laughs> I want him to run and wear their fullbacks out for the first 50, 60 minutes, and then Apoku come in to clean it up for the last 30 minutes and put the goals in. Like, you know, the, mid, the midfield is going to have to be Acosta at the six, and then Blessing is going to have to be in there, and Cifuentes. That's, that's got to be the midfield. The back line to me is going to uh, be Palacios, which I would love to see. If we're going to rotate, I would love to see Palacios have rested against San Jose, but digressing. Palacios needs to be there if we're putting in our best 11. And then I would love to see Chiellini start. I would love to see Mario next to him. And then Escobar Hollingshead. I'm going to go Hollingshead just, just from his his game. But I could go Escobar and be just as happy with it. And uh, sorry about the Brian, but if he's still here, that's it. If he's not, then then Apoku goes in, of course. But I so like no bail. against tired no legs. First of all, no don't apologize. Starting. You're allowed no, to man. feel the way you feel, bro. I love yeah. it. I'm just giving you shit. But uh, for me, Gareth would start, I hope. I hope we get to see a Gareth start. We probably won't because it's not going to be home. I would prefer him to start. If not, it's going to be Chicho. Uh, uh, I mean, Arango. Yeah, Chicho, Arango, um, uh, the GOAT, and Vela, uh, Sifu, Acosta, uh, Blessing, because you have to have Blessing, I, I would – prefer Ilya, but you're going to have, to have the blessing. And then, of course, I do want uh, Kalini to start because we haven't seen him in three games. I need him to start, even if he just does the first 40 minutes to get everything in line. And then Segura come in would be what I would like to see. Palacios, Kalini, Mario, and Hollingshead would be how I would line it up. Celso. Yeah, very similar. I think that Kalini should play. So if you're going to go the defense, I think Escobar is the default right back. Hollingshead will continue to be a bench player to me, a very good one, uh, but continue to be a bench player. Um, mm -hmm. No questions on the left side. You you continue, uh, you know, if you have Chiellini there, you put Palacios there, and I think we're really set. The midfield is where you start having more questions, and to me, that three, the the three players there, really, you can go in different ways. 
Uh, if you want to put Seba- Mendes back in this game as sort of the natural six backup, you know, he might be the player that, that gets the draw. I, I still think that that's what's going to end up happening. And then Kelling, Acosta, and Sifu composing the other two positions. And, you know, there might be a little bit of difference there, but I can see Latif Blessing going back to the bench. And then up front, I expect Gareth Bale to play. Um, you know, I don't see how Brian Rodriguez would play after not playing this last game, even though he was off the injury report and we really needed him. And Carlos mm-hmm. Vela should, of course, get the start. The question is whether Chicho Arango needs a break, right? He was the one that played Fair. and didn't come out. And he may be the one that ends up going to the bench. You know, you need to have your goat. You need to have Opoko playing always Man, on the road to me. Opoko is, you know, is the constant. Opoko is the constant. You make a yeah. great point, though. Arango has played a lot of minutes at some point. None of you guys put gonna... Opoku in there, man. Like, you guys I did. all went Opoku. I did. You did. Okay. Yeah, no, no. Right. Nick put Opoku. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Eric, you didn't. And then Tony Tony threw a, a, another one in there where he wants Vela, Chicho, and Bale. And I, I'm like, yeah. nobody wants the GOAT, man. You guys no, want the fancies. I still I think do. the GOAT scores. I, I just think he does it against tired legs. And look, no, this I is agree. where I worry with the new guys. You know, the Teos and the, and the Boangas of the world. Don't be messing with our goat because he's what's you know he's been working out for us um, when a lot of things didn't. So I no prefer question. that we don't mess no with question. that. No you know, question. No question. Right, David, you're right. I want the triple also. I'm just saying this year because I, I believe that we're going to come back ready after the two. I think we're going to come back hardcore, ready for the CCL, and we're not going to have all that. Go ahead, Eric. Yeah, I you know one other afterthought with this game as we were talking about maybe trying something different. One thing I wouldn't mind seeing us do is to come out against Austin and try to play something like a low block with a counterattack and just try to grind it to a 0-0 draw. Like, it's not something we ever play. It's not something in our DNA. And if we, you know, splitting points with Austin is a great result for this game. Um, And then also, if that happens, we are almost certainly going to play Austin at home in the playoffs. And playing them at home is not a game that you set a low block counterattack. So it's a way for us to not really show them what they're going to get when it matters. And we can try something different for an experiment. I just kind of want to throw that idea out because it just kind of came to me. But So listen, I, I yeah. sort of like this too. What if you start Segura, uh, Soccer USA, soccer, he says Segura at six and then Mendez to finish or vice versa. Would you like to see uh, Segura at the six? I don't. I don't. I think it's possible. I don't think we would do that. It's not the the. It's not what this coaching staff does. You know. I think that we would see how you said uh, uh, Acosta in the on the six before we see that. And by the way, my guy Fall man, what's gonna happen to him? I want him to start, and this guy is probably not gonna get any yeah. more playing time. And this shirt is gonna basically become obsolete. But man, no what happened to him? What happened yeah. to him? I feel Legend. really bad. I just had to shout out for him. Yeah. He wow. really goes away, man. It, fall. If, if, are we really out of our plan? Second on on fall. Yeah. So, go ahead. Go ahead on fall. So, if fall ends up getting loaned out in in Spain and ends up playing, it, it's honestly the best for him because how many minutes is he going to get for us right now? What fall needs at his age is, is quality playing minutes, and he is too good to go back to the lights and get quality playing minutes there. He's not going to get on uh, on LAFC. We are copper bust, and so we're going to go with the best lineup out there. And so I think for Fall, this is the best case scenario for for him. Not even yeah. on the bench. Um, not even load managed. So look, man, the Fall Just situation out. it is what it is. 
Um, maybe it's time for him to go and see greener pastures, you know, and see what else is out there. And uh, I don't think LAFC will just let him go. We all know his no. value. We know what he's worth. And if the rumors are correct and it's the team that are looking at him in uh, La Liga, um, it's not a team that we're not going to try to get money from. So I, I think LAFC will win big from this move if it, if it does go through, which it sounds like it's going to. Um, but the reality of it is, is when we brought Kalini in and stuff like this, it was sort of taken away from fall. He's not going to see the pitch as much. And if you're not yeah. going to see the pitch and your, and your worth is there, then you should see what's out there. And if the calls are coming, you should, you should listen. And if they're good enough, JT is going to make the right moves. I have every uh, um, belief that this management, that this front office, that, that JT and them know what they're doing this year. And I don't think that they're just going to give something away, you know. So uh, I have enjoyed oh, watching so, Fall. I have oh, yeah. enjoyed it. And he has been did. a treat to us to, to really get to support and watch. And he put it yeah, – he became on the map for me because I knew nothing about him before he got to LAFC. And I will continue to watch him and watch what he does, regardless of where he goes. But, um, you know, if it is his time to leave, then, hey, man, we appreciate what you've done for us. But, uh, you know, listen, it is uh, it is what it is. It, that's just how don't be another B-Rod, right? Just it's don't just go over to Spain. Don't you know, I just don't want another B-Rod situation where you go to Spain, you barely get minutes, you come back with your, you know, your little tail, you know, between your legs, and you have to, you know, and now you're, you know, that story again. I really... I really hope that the the outcome here is very different because the tone the tune has really changed from the beginning of, of the season and and unfortunately came at the expense of some of the big signings that we made so and and Eddie Segura coming back but you know how much are we leaving on the table with not developing and making fall our absolute priority yeah and I you absolutely know, agree with that. League Oom, what he would be wonderful in. I do wish that he would go there. But go ahead, big, Eric. Big, big difference between Brian Rodriguez and Mamadou Mbake Fall is that Brian we paid $11 million for. That's right. Fall That's was claimed on waivers, which means we got him for nothing. He was free. Bro. We just signed him. So, and if we make eight million dollars, take it. <laughs> and, the high schooler. And, you know, okay, okay, you made me smile. Yeah, yeah. So if, if he goes over there, from, from what we've heard, they're going to drop him down to their second division side. If he shines, ends up on their first division, I mean, good, good on the. I will. Good on the, I will also you know, select the Uber of the this, lift for him because this is about yeah, to me. Still. This is about Mamadou Fall's development as a professional player. That's right. And that's right. What's best for his development is what's best for us, LA. AFC fans like that's right and that's it he does us no good as center back five here at his nope. young age yeah. when he needs to learn and to be fair LAFC yeah, put him on the map right you bring him out of USL you put him in your first team he plays well now you have big oh, big yeah. clubs calling for him if it's yeah. first or second team whichever you as Eric says he comes on free for waivers you make eight million nine million ten million dollars now you see all these other young kids saying hold on let me go there and let me, let them make me that money. And it's great for the club. This will be, if it goes through, it will be one of the better signings for LAFC, like one of the better deals, right? Because, you know, yeah. we've seen what happened with Rossi and stuff. That's all great. But if you take a player like Fall and bring him out of USL and move him into La Liga and making him making $8 million, bro, 
that's real yeah. money for us. And that shows that we are really doing things on the up and up. And, and it's, that's all good news. Yeah. And, and now there's room, for, you know, there, there's Tony Leone. You know, he he becomes the next guy ready to step up and see if he's got it. Um, That's right. There's also Mohamed Traore, who is having a great season at left back at the lights this year. And, and we just brought him in, right? We just signed him for good, right? Yeah, yeah. He He's another one I think next year. He's one of the guys from the lights that I think might have a chance at cracking into our right. lineup. And and he would be great depth behind Palacios. Like his his long ball at left back has gotten really good. That immaturity when we saw him when he was loaned up to us at 16 and he looked like a fish out of water, that's gone. I mean, he's he's one of the more solid USL players now. And so, you know, it's just the next guys are, are ready to come in and fill that space. Yeah. Gotcha well, going. guys, this has been fun, man. I've enjoyed it. You know, um, the season's been awesome. I, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked to be uh, doing this and i'm stoked to be here with all you guys thank you all for joining us and uh you know if you're on here on youtube please give us a like and a, a subscribe if you haven't uh if you're on twitter come over to youtube man we we enjoy the interaction with all you guys um make sure you hit that subscribe button it helps us a lot um but yeah man thank you all for coming this has been a great show i've enjoyed it uh guys you have anything you want to add before we uh before we jet out of here just you know, no? if you see if you see me at a game, come say hi, and uh, I'll give I you mean, a hug Aaron, too. So. Give a give a hug, bro. What is? Give I mean, I can't believe you ain't hugging everybody. What are you doing? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I didn't know, man. I didn't know. Come on, Tony's been around forever, man. You got to give old Tony a hug. Tony. He yeah. said Tony said he's holding you to it. He wants that hug. Uh, but guys, we approve. Yeah, he better. He better give her give him a big old bear hug. Hey, <laughs> at the end of the day, LA is black and gold, and we have enjoyed this. Have a good one.